when something bad happens to you, you have three choices. Number one, it defines you. Number two, it destroys you. Or number three, it develops you. Seven seven six six trouble with a purpose part four. Well, thank you for joining Brothers of the Word because, brother, you need the word. <laughs> Amen. We welcome all of you joining us by television and those of you joining us online at brothersoftheword.com and Facebook Live. Welcome to today's service. Always a wonderful blessing and joy and delight to have you to tune in and join us would like to share just a little humor. A woman walked up to a little old man rocking in a rocking chair on his porch. And she said, I couldn't help noticing how happy you look, she said. What's your secret for a long, happy life? He replied, I smoke three packs of cigarettes a day. I also drink a case of whiskey a week. I eat fatty foods and never exercise. That's amazing, the woman said. How old are you? 26, he replied. (laughs) I like that joke. That's one of my favorite jokes. I love that joke. (laughs) I try to include that one at least once a year. At least once. (laughs) If I'm ever without a joke, that's my go-to joke. That's my go-to joke. Praise God. Well, we've been looking at a particular series entitled Trouble with a Purpose, Trouble with a Purpose. And I want to look at something, I want to start off at least looking at something that Jesus said about trouble. Over in the Gospel of John, the Gospel of John chapter 16, the Gospel of John chapter 16 and verse 33. The Gospel of John chapter 16 and verse 33. When you get there, say amen. Now here's Jesus talking about trouble here, John 16 33 he says these things I have spoken unto you that in me you might have peace in the world ye shall have tribulation or trouble is translated but be of good cheer I have overcome the world and so Jesus talks about trouble he he lets us know that in the world you're going to have trouble and so trouble is not a surprise, it's not something that should catch you off guard. Trouble happens, we have trouble in this life, we have trouble in the world, and so Jesus acknowledged that, but he had some good news, he said, you're going to have trouble, he said, but, everybody say but, but then he had some good news, he said, be of good cheer, and so this is our response to trouble. This is our response to trouble. Be of good cheer is actually translated as be of good courage or don't lose heart, have a good heart on it. So he said when trouble comes, be of good courage, don't be afraid, don't be a coward, don't fear, have a good heart on it. So don't let trouble get down into your heart. You know, you'll face trouble, but don't let trouble get in you. Don't let trouble get in your heart. Don't let it affect the disposition of your heart. Have a good heart on it. 
have courage. And so Jesus is teaching us, he's not denying trouble, but he's letting us know how to respond when trouble appears in our lives. So he says, be of good courage or be of good cheer, which is have a good heart on it. Be of good courage. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. And he's saying, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. In the world you'll have trouble, but be of good cheer. In other words, keep your delight in God. Keep your delight in God no matter whatever it is that's pressing against you. Keep your delight in God. Keep your delight in God. When trouble comes, you can still have delight. You have your delight in God right in the face of trouble. So keep your delight in God. Turn to your neighbor and say, keep your delight in God. And your hope in God, no matter whatever is threatening you, whatever is threatening your life, whatever is threatening your existence, you keep your delight in God and you keep your hope in God. So that's all a part of being of good cheer. Keep your delight. I don't have to be depressed. I don't have to be bent out of shape. I don't have to be in despair. I don't have to be defeated. So when trouble comes, he's letting us know you don't have to be defeated. You don't have to be depressed. You don't have to be all bent out of shape. You don't have to be in despair. Have a good heart on it. Be of good cheer. You can have your delight in God. Have your hope in God. Keep a positive life stance. And you can still face trouble without trouble getting into you. So be of good cheer. Turn to your neighbor and say, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer when trouble comes. Be of good cheer when trouble comes. Now, being of good cheer also it means to brighten up. So brighten up when trouble comes. Sounds kind of odd, doesn't it? Cheer up. Cheer up when trouble comes. Because the tendency is for you to become despondent. And you to be in despair, and for you to be discouraged, and for you to be depressed, and for you to feel down. No, you don't live your life, and this is what Jesus said, you don't live your inner life based on what's happening in your outer life. No, when things look bad in your outer life, that doesn't affect your inner life. You still be of good cheer, be of good cheer, be of good cheer. And so we have our delight in God. We have our delight in God, so we cheer up, we brighten up. Cheer up, brighten up, cheer up in your attitude. Brighten up and cheer up in your attitude. Brighten up and cheer up in your perspective. Brighten up and cheer up in your perspective. Now, the reason I've been teaching on trouble with a purpose is because the purpose part is our perspective. When you understand, when you look at trouble with a certain perspective, you're able to handle it so much better when you have it in its right perspective. And so you have to cheer up in your perspective of trouble. The Apostle Paul taught us in the former text that I had been sharing each week, which was 1 Corinthians, you don't have to turn there, but 1 Corinthians, I believe it was chapter 3, verses 1 through 10, I had been reading each week. And in that context there in those verses, he gives us perspective of trouble. And, you know, he talked about when you are in trouble that the same comfort that God comforts you with will be used in your life in ministry to bring comfort to others. And so he gave us perspective of trouble as saying when you experience trouble, you are actually equipping yourself because you're going to be better suited to help other people. It's because when you go through things yourself... When you experience trouble yourself, you're able to relate to other people that are having trouble. Because if you never experience any trouble, if you never have any hard times, it's hard for you to relate. 
You know, if you never struggle paying your rent, it'd be hard for you to relate to somebody who's struggling paying their rent. But, you know, when you've struggled with sickness in your body, now you're more compassionate. So when we experience difficulty or trouble in our lives, it makes us more compassionate. It makes us more empathetic. We're able to understand and relate with people because we've been there ourselves. You know, there's a gentleman, he told me he was off work because he had hurt his back. And I didn't believe him. I thought he was just lazy and trying to get over on the system until I hurt my back. <laughs> and I hurt my back. And when I woke up and I had to crawl to the bathroom. And I said, oh, this is what that gentleman is experiencing. <laughs> now, when that happened to me, I had a whole new compassion for him. I said, oh, man, bless your little heart. In fact, I said, let me help you fill out your Medicare and get all the assistance. You, I had more compassionate when I went through it myself. But before I went through it, I was looking down on him. I was judging him. I was critical of him. And so trouble has a way of softening your heart. It has a way of making you more compassionate. It has a way of making you more understanding. And it has a way of making you more empathetic with others. Because if we never went through anything, we would all be looking down on people. You know, like, what's wrong with them? Why they can't get their life together? You know, we would all have this better than others attitude. But when trouble hits your life, it has a way of humbling you. And now you know, you know what other people deal with. You know, someone might be in a marriage that breaks up and your heart was broken, but now you know how other people feel who've lost relationship. You're able to relate to them now. You're able to relate. And so when we go through things in life, losing a job or illness, it makes us more compassionate. And so that's gaining perspective of trouble. And so we should cheer up. We should cheer up in our perspective of trouble. Listen, when something bad happens to you, you have three choices. Number one, it defines you. Number two, it destroys you. Or number three, it develops you. And so if you have the right perspective of trouble, trouble can actually develop you in your life. John Maxwell said that growth is the best possible outcome for any negative experience. Growth is the best possible outcome for any negative experience. So we can use trouble actually to develop us, to make us better. You can let your discomfort be a catalyst for your development. And so trouble actually is a springboard because it actually causes certain things to spring forth out of your life that you never knew were there. It actually makes you better and it makes you stronger, it develops you, it matures you. And so there's a lot of benefit. And so that's why I've been teaching on trouble with a purpose. So we have to have the right perspective. Everybody say perspective, perspective. So you have to keep the right perspective. So when Jesus said, be of good cheer, he's saying, man, keep a great attitude, keep delighting your heart, keep a right perspective of trouble. He's also saying, brighten up and cheer up in your faith, brighten up and cheer up in your outlook your vision, your praise, your prayer, your determination, your thoughts, your words, your action. You have to cheer all of that up. You got to cheer all of that up because all these things work together synergistically, you know. And so he says, be of good cheer. In the world, you're going to have trouble, but be of good cheer. You got to keep yourself up. You got to cheer up, cheer up your faith, cheer up your determination, cheer up your outlook. 
cheer up. You got to cheer up your joy. Cheer up. Now, I kept wondering, I was like, Lord, why is it that you keep telling us to cheer up when we have trouble? Because think about it. Jesus himself said, cheer up when you have trouble. The apostle James, chapter 1, verse 2, he says, count it all joy when you fall into trouble. So I keep noticing these guys. In fact, there's another scripture we're going to go to next. In fact, 2 Corinthians 6.10. Flip over there. 2 Corinthians 6.10. I want you to see this one. He says the same thing here. So remember, Jesus said, cheer up when you're in trouble. James said, count it all joy. Cheer, joy. And then here in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, I want you to look at verse 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 10. Notice this. As sorrowful, in other words, they were having a lot of trouble. So there was a lot going on, a lot of things to be sorry about, depressed about. They were being hit from every side. A lot of trouble was going on. So as sorrowful, notice this, yet always rejoicing. You see that? Yet always rejoicing. James said, count it all joy. Jesus said, be of good cheer. Well, it's because joy is your strength. Joy is your strength, and you need your strength in trouble. If there's anything you need in trouble, you need to be strong. You need your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And so you need your strength because that's what caused you to be able to stand and endure. Your trouble is your joy. That's your strength. That'll keep you from collapsing, keep you from caving in and quitting and giving up. That'll keep you from committing suicide and losing your mind. Your joy is your strength. So you have to be of good cheer. And that's why Jesus said, look, you're going to face some hard times, but don't let it destroy you on the inside. Be of good cheer. Cheer up. Cheer up. Cheer up. Cheer up your attitude. Cheer up your outlook. Cheer up your joy. Cheer up your vision. Cheer up your faith. Cheer up your thoughts, your words, your actions, your perspective. Cheer up. Be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Now, notice here in 2 Corinthians 6, verse 10, he says, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. As sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. How was he able to do that? How was he able to do that? Now, look at verse 4 and 5. Verse 4 and 5 talks about some of the troubles he was going through. Look at all the stuff he was going through in verse 4. 2 Corinthians 6, verse 4. Look, but in all things, approving ourselves as the ministers of God, notice this, in much patience, in afflictions, in necessities, in distresses, in stripes. Stripes mean they were whipped, they were beaten. In imprisonments, they were wrongly imprisoned and jailed. In tumults, in labors, in watchings. Watchings mean they couldn't sleep. They even had sleepless nights. Anybody ever had watchings? (laughs) That means you can't sleep. Michael Jackson had watchings. He couldn't sleep. But that's a form of trouble when you can't sleep. So that's what he was saying. They were bothered by so much, even got to the point where they even lost sleep. They couldn't even sleep. Well, all those things are trouble. Then even in fasting, fasting's not easy. Fasting's not easy. Fasting's hard on the flesh. And so he said, all this stuff, this can make you sorry. It can make you sorrowful. He said, yeah, we're always rejoicing. He said, all these things, you know, all the imprisonments, all the beatings, all the sleepless nights, All the people lying on us and stealing from us and defrauding us and discrediting us and trying to bring us down and all the trouble we're actually facing every day. He said, you know, all this is some sorrowful stuff. This stuff can depress you if you let it. But he said, yeah, we're always rejoicing. You see that? Be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Count it all joy. Be of good cheer. Turn to the same and say, be of good cheer. 
Now, let me ask you this. How did they go through all of that in verse 4 and 5? How were they able to go through all of that and still be of good cheer? Well, I'm glad you all asked that question. <laughs> I'm glad you all asked that question because they tell you in verse 6 and 7. Verse 6 and 7, he tells you how they were able to do it. This is how we were able to endure the beatings. This is how we endured the imprisonments. This is how we endured being lied on, cheated, and stolen from, and discredited, defrauded. This is how we were able to do it. This is how we were able to still remain joyful. This is how we were able to be of good cheer and count it all joy. This is how he gives a secret in verse 6 and 7. By pureness, living right. Being pure, living right. Man, there's a power to living right. There's a power in living right that's not in not living right, if that makes any sense. There's a weakness in not living right, but there's a power in living right. So he said, well, one of the reasons we were able to go through all this stuff because we didn't live lives of sin. We didn't live sinful lifestyles. We didn't live that. And because there is a, a power and a force of righteousness at work in your life by pureness. By pureness. Everybody say pureness. There's a power in being pure. There's a power in pureness. There's a power when you want to live for God, when you want to honor God's word and do things that are right in God's sight. There's a power in pureness. There's a power in pureness. And so pureness is, he said, hey, you know, we were serving God. When you're serving God and doing what's right, when trouble comes, there's a difference. There's a difference than when you're doing wrong when trouble comes. See, when you're doing wrong and trouble comes, you feel like you kind of deserve the trouble. <laughs> you don't have any defense because you feel like you have brought that on yourself. And in a lot of cases you have because when you're living wrong, now God has to allow things to come in your life to get you right. And so he will use trouble to purify you. He'll use trouble to bring you back to your knees and to your senses. He'll use trouble. And so... Man, so you want to be on the pure side. Turn to your name and say, be on the pure side. You know, <laughs> if you're going to face trouble, be on the pure side. But he says, by pureness, by knowledge. Now, Hosea 4.6, it says, my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. One translation says that my people are destroyed because they don't know me. And so Paul is saying, one reason we're able to do all this stuff and be joyful because we keep our knowledge of God at the forefront. We're looking into the things of God and we're knowing God. We know God. We know God. When you know God, you can go through trouble with joy when you know God. So that's your first knowledge. And then you have to ask yourself, even in natural knowledge, you have to ask yourself, what is it I need to know? What am I doing to increase my knowledge base? What books am I reading? Who am I hanging around? What am I listening to? So what are you doing for your natural knowledge? Because knowledge is powerful. The book of Proverbs says that the just are delivered by knowledge. So knowledge can deliver you. Knowledge can help. Somebody said that education is expensive, but try the price of ignorance. Ignorance costs a whole lot more than education. But anyway, knowledge is powerful. So knowledge is powerful. Anyway, but he's answering the question that I had. How are these guys able to endure trouble and yet be cheerful, yet be joyful? And he's answering here in verse 6 and 7. By pureness, by knowledge. Now here, I want you to see what they're doing. Now they're employing the fruit of the Spirit. So basically what I saw is, I said, okay, they start employing all the arsenal that we have in God. They start employing 
all the arsenals that we have in the kingdom of God, all the arsenals that we have in the fruit of the Spirit, all the arsenal that we have in the gifts of the Spirit, they start employing all the arsenal that we have in the Holy Spirit. They start using everything that God has. Folks, when are we going to learn to use everything that God has given us? God has given us. Listen. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. So God has given us armor. God has given us armor to use. God has given us artillery. He's given us the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, our loins girded about with truth, our feet are shot prepared with the gospel of peace. We have the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. We have arsenal. We have equipment. And so what I saw was they were using their equipment. They were using their own. Let's look at verse 6 and 7. Don't take my word for it. I want you to see what they were using. This is how they were able to endure the trouble. Look at it. By long-suffering, that's the fruit of the Spirit. That's patience. They employed patience. They employed patience. James said, he says, Count it out joy when you fall into trouble, knowing that the trying of your faith Work it, patience. Let your patience get to work. Let God undergird you. Let God strengthen you. Your patience is a part of your artillery. Put your patience to work. So he was putting his patience to work. Patience is not just sitting in traffic being sweet. Patience is a power of God coming on your life that keeps you from folding in half. It'll keep you going when you want to quit. It undergirds you and strengthens you. Patience is a fortitude. It's a force that makes you steady even when you feel like breaking. So you employ patience. You employ patience. You employ patience. You employ patience. Notice that. Look at all the things that we employ in verse 6. By pureness, by knowledge, by patience or long-suffering, by kindness. Man, some people get bitter when they go through trouble. He said, no, this was actually the time to be sweeter. We're going to turn up the kindness. Now, what you know, see, he's employing God's weapons. He's employing God's artillery. He's employing God's armor. That's how they were able to endure trouble with joy. Then notice that, man, by kindness, by the Holy Ghost, they're using the Holy Spirit. They're allowing the Holy Spirit to lead them, to prompt them, to guide them, to empower them. See, they're tapping into everything God has available. Folks, Oh, man, I'm about to jump off the stage here. <laughs> I'm about to jump off the stage here. Oh, man. Mm. I see why Jesus said, be of good cheer when you come into trouble. If you only knew what all you got at work in you and for you. All this at your disposal that God's given you. If only you understood. If only you understood. Jesus said you would cheer up. Man, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Listen, listen, listen. Now, Jesus said, he said, look, be of good cheer when you come into trouble. And that's the reason he said, cheer up, cheer up, cheer up, cheer up, cheer up, cheer up. You'll have trouble in the world, but cheer up, be of good cheer. I've already overcome the world. He is the overcomer, and now the overcomer lives in us. He's saying, I am greater than anything you'll ever face in life. I am greater than any challenge that I ever come up against you. There is nothing that I cannot handle. This is what Jesus is saying. This is what he's saying. 
He's saying the greater one lives in you. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. The greater one lives in you. The greater one lives in you. And so that's why he said, cheer up. Cheer up when you have to. He said, you're going to have trouble, but cheer up. I've already defeated the world. I've already overcome the world. And I'm in you. I'm in you. I'm your covenant partner. I'm your best friend. I'm your savior. I'm your Lord. I'm working for you. I'm looking out for you. You're never by yourself. This is what he's saying. You're never alone. No matter what battle you're fighting in life, you are never alone. There is no battle that you have to fight alone. There is no battle that you have to fight alone. That's why he said, cheer up. Cheer up. It changes your whole approach to trouble. In the world, you'll have trouble. Be of good cheer. I've already overcome the world. Jesus said, I've already deprived the world of anything that could harm you. That's what the Amplified says. He's greater. God is greater. He's greater than any challenge we'll ever face. God is greater. God is greater. God is greater. Praise God. Man, I'm about to preach right on overtime. I'm going to have to stop. I'm going to have to stop. I'm going to have to stop. Stand to your feet. I'm out of time. I'm just going to have to reel it on in. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Father, we love you and praise you. We rejoice in you. Thank you, Lord, for being the greater one in us. Thank you, Lord, that we can be of cheer because you've already overcome the world. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen, 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 amen. Praise God. You are listening to BrothersOfTheWord.com. This was part four of the series titled Trouble with a Purpose by C. Elijah Bronner. This message is number 7766. That's 7766. To listen to over a thousand free messages or to send this message number 7766 to a friend, go to BrothersOfTheWord.com. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to IWantToGive.com. That's IWantToGive.com. Listen to brothers of the word.com often because brother you need the word. Oh, brother, you need the word.